0: Welcome back to C3. I'm your host Colin, and I'm Jordan. Grab a cocktail and have a seat while we talk about some crime and our crippling depression. Since we never do it, we're both drinking peach martinis. Question mark. Peach margarita mix from the Walmart. Period. But I basically made it a martini in my heart. Right now, it's the only time we'll probably ever drink together at the same time. Not even drink together just say at the top of the episode what we're drinking
1: this is a historic episode just everyone shake your hands like you want a gold medal (laughs) yes thank you danielle
0: germany and And, abby and georgia (laughs) i saw australia on there the other day thank you australia welcome to the club
1: welcome to the club
0: someone please email us or follow us on instagram i would just like
1: an email like i'm not asking for a lot like i get emails if you guys comment on podbean but like i want like an email
0: but the only person that comments on podbean is my mom yeah i know but so i get an email notification
1: that? and i get so fucking hype
0: can you even do and then that? my feelings
1: it kind of hurt can you it can literally just be in the subject line hey i don't need a lot i just i'll take a period like an accidental well, i want to know email. i'll what take it
0: you think of the podcast up to this point like Because I know we've improved, but I also know we can improve and I need to go back and redo some shit. But yeah, so if you're listening and you care enough, please holla at us. Um Holla at your girl it's your boy small penis crippling depression today, Jordan. my period dude it's
1: fucking me up this week i literally was like ready to fucking scream cry throw up fall down a wall and then throw myself over a bridge earlier for no reason <laughs> like i was chilling at work watching a video on something so i could do like wire transfers and then it was just like game over i was like i'm gonna kill myself on my way home ever yeah i was like i have to die like there's mm-hmm. no other solution than death like mm-hmm. and it was just like a complete mood switch and i was like whoa yeah it's i even took my meds this morning
0: <laughs> it's funny work. Working in a place now where I have to like spew positivity and be like, "No, you want to live and stuff like that." Oh, that's me at work
1: because we're all depressed bitches. So I'm like the overly positive hoe, and Mm -hmm. it does not work. But I work in
0: literal psych, so I know you do. It's like as if I, but I have to do all that as if I don't drop something at home and go, "I'm gonna fucking kill myself." Is my next sentence? I
1: couldn't do it, but I did tell my boss I was like, "God forbid, me. Are you ever get admitted?" Because we talk about our problems a lot, going through a lot of shit behind the scenes, both of us. I'm like you can just let me know when you're going because I'll tell my friends that work there and we can get special <laughs> treatment and
0: get extra socks and the cards whenever we want. I informed Jordan she would not get special treatment. I'm actually I'm go going to get special I'm treatment. I'm actually going to walk in. I'm speaking
1: in it into existence. And, and he's going to talk to me whenever he does his 15-minute fucking checkups on me when I sleep.
0: No, I'm going to smack her while she's sleeping. I swear to God, out. I'll kill myself for real and then <laughs> Colin's going to get fired.
1: With no. love, XOXO. Period. But then you're going to be sad because I'm dead. But That's yeah. your fault because you're my 13th reason. When I get admitted, I'll only have 12. You'll be the 13th, bitch. Right,
0: so at least I'll uh, have amounted to something. <laughs> You'll be there. remembered. Mm-hmm. So fucked up While I they're can't. putting me in the cuffs. But yeah. So for me, I'm suffering from post-concert depression right now. because. But it looked I like a great saw, time. I went and saw Kim Petras, and now I'm already looking at other tour dates. I was like, what's the closest one that I could go to? I wish I had time. I could deem acceptable. There's none that are close enough oh, well, yeah. that I can justify but if she adds any dates i'm on it to north carolina i'm fucking going and i'll then, go with
1: you shit because she looks like she did really good yes, in concert I'll, I'll, other than me not just being able to afford tickets it at
0: only a hundred dollars so. i still wasn't able to afford oh, it at the time I'll, i will pay for your ticket because i'll do a payment going. plan back <laughs> um so i got two things i want to chat about real quick so when we went i'm not gonna say who i went with because i'm about to embarrass them <laughs> um so i love we were this for me on our way there and Traffic got so backed uh-huh. up, and I, we had both slept in later than we anticipated mm-hmm. because we were trying to get there night. early to
1: beat the traffic, right?
0: We, oh, that, and it's a five hour, five and a half yeah. hour drive. So we were the venue opened at seven, and the show itself started at eight. However, we were deemed to get to the hotel at six thirty, but then traffic got backed up, backed up, backed up, and then we weren't getting to the hotel till seven i have never been late for a concert in my life any of the ones that i've gone to i've always been like hour hour and a half early waiting to get in because i'm like i'm not fucking missing nothing and so i was panicking i was like no we can't be late i was like we can't be late i can't miss competitors not the rocking in the chair while he tells the story by the way i fucking my friend she's in the other seat like i actually am about to piss myself i have to pee so bad but we're balls deep and like a traffic jam can't go anywhere so then we're thinking i'm like all right we're three minutes away from the hotel we get to the hotel where the fuck do you park this is in washington dc by the way so traffic is crazy yeah that is the worst traffic quite literally just 360 flip their car Uh into the other lane with no issue no one hits each other i don't know how they do it i would die so we i did turned around went driving back any direction i was like i just need to find somewhere that we can park we saw this thing that we could park in it was 40 dollars for overnight so i was like all right so we're gonna leave the car here uber to the hotel uber to the venue and then we can just uber back to the hotel uber to the car in the morning and
1: uber uber, uber everywhere city- yes
0: it was kind of ridiculous but it's fine It ended up working out well because i was i would not have been able to drive from that mm-hmm. city so She's sitting in the other seat. She's like, I'm seriously going to piss myself And she's like the mom friend, so she would have been able to help in this situation if her brain was functioning mm-hmm. but she couldn't mm-hmm. and I was driving so I was panicking. So we get there, we'll get into the parking lot and this the dude's writing down our license plate, taking four fucking ever to write everything yeah. down. And the second we pulled in the parking spot she she's like, I can't do it and got out, took a blanket from the back seat and sat down on the pavement in the parking lot and just peed actually yes, sure and then we left it there yeah ubered i mean it's gonna dry it's fine hotel and i was like mm, mm, this is bad but it's fine
1: and i mean fuck it i mean it was an
0: experience so then i went to we ubered to the venue and the dude did one of those things where they literally whip from one lane into the other while there's cars coming don't know how he did it and Uber drivers there just stop in the middle of traffic to pick people up or drop them off. He opens the door. Well, he was like, is it right there? I don't know. And then we got out. I was like, so this man really just yeeted us out. Don't know where the venue is. So I walked into a restaurant that was right there. Mm. I was like, can you help me get to the Anthem, please? And he was like, so as soon as you get down to the water, you take a left and it's right there on your left. and I was like, sounds good. I come out of the building and look and I go, oh, just follow the gaze because there's hordes. Of, of gay men just <laughs> walking in one direction. So I'm like, I should have just did that to begin with and I would have Thank you for your venue. service,
1: my fellow gay men. I appreciate <laughs> you.
0: Um and the second thing, we all know how I feel about the cancelling of Fate the Wings saga, right? So we are getting a graphic novel next year to finish off the series. And I was like, I'm not okay with it, but I can accept that. But they just dropped the cover for it. Please look at the artwork. I'm gonna piss my pants. <laughs> what? That looks like I drew In the it. Magic that looks like I drew it. is happening here? No fucking way!
1: <laughs> it looks like Total Drama Island, but like a kindergartner drew it. I fucking love it. I Iconic, honestly. I'm so
0: deeply upset because this is supposed to be a graphic novel for adults too. I, I, yeah, the show the, was not. That's for an children. adult
1: drawing it because let me
0: tell you, my artistic skills not there. Pissed. Anyways. Jordan wanted to cover Satanic Panic on this episode. I tried to find things. I could not find something that I enjoyed. Not that Satanic Panic is something to be enjoyed, but I couldn't <laughs> find a case that I liked. So I went with something like super lighthearted, you know, cannibalism oh, again. Uh,
1: wow. What a treat. <laughs> I don't have enough alcohol to cope this time. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. I had no idea. By the way, we do not discuss anything beforehand. So if no, I just leave in the middle of this recording, say, just know I'm making another drink.
0: We just say here's what my case, like a name involved in my case. So avoid do it we if we don't find it.
1: it. Yeah, like void um, this out if you see it.
0: You're gonna know this case. I have never heard of this case uh-huh. until today. Well, I think I did it in passing, but like not. It death. must have been at a time that. Bet misinformation was going on or about oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. case because it's definitely not what I thought it. Was.
1: It's not the West Memphis Three, right?
0: No, it's not the West Good. Memphis Three. So I'll cry. It's. I said cannibalism. I know, they, but still, do you, I don't know. I don't think eat people. You could plot twist me. <laughs> so I'm gonna be covering the West Memphis Three. No, so <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm covering the case of Austin Haruf. I think his name is. You know this case. Uh, maybe. So I do want to say from the top, because I was anticipating doing like short dives of several different things, yeah. but it's not a, what I ended up doing. There was a podcast called Crime with a K, and I love that for them. And they covered, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Correct. The, it's called, the, the episode's called The Florida Cannibal. They did a super deep dive. Yeah. And to, not I don't want to say super deep dive because it's just an hour long episode about I mean, what that's more than we led give. up to this because yeah. I anticipated this being much shorter and like clear cut than it was. Yeah, and so here we are. I love that. So on August fifteenth, two thousand sixteen, Austin haroof had stormed out of Duffy's Bar and Grill in Jupiter, Florida. He was. There's having... a place in
1: Florida called Jupiter. Mm-hmm. I fuck with that hard. <laughs> that was a hard F All noise. The boys too. Go Sorry. There. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To get okay. stupider, yeah.
0: <laughs> he was having dinner with his family. After leaving, he went to his. So he, what the fuck is wrong with me? So he was having dinner with his family, and just stormed off or left.
1: Same because they probably and... said some out of pocket shit.
0: I don't know. So they, he went to his mom's house because his parents were divorced. So he was at oh, okay, dinner okay, okay. with his dad and sister. I think. okay. Just walked into his mom's house. His mom didn't know he was coming. He drank cooking. He was just chugging cooking oil. Uh-huh. Uh, she said he was acting very strangely. strangely. Yeah, that's fucking so weird. The part that gets me... because I'm gonna, Is it cooking oil? Because you know, same. when I come back to all this, because I'm going to go over what happened, and then I'm going to talk about a little bit of what happened beforehand, because I didn't type any of what happened leading up to this shit. Yeah. So I didn't realize it was all there. So... Instead of doing, being confused at that, she's like, you're supposed to be at dinner with your father. Do you want me to drive you back? So it was a
1: normal behavior for him to drink cooking oil? No, it was strange. So. But why was she not alarmed at the cooking oil?
0: I wish I could tell you because what happened probably could have been prevented. So she drove him back to the restaurant. What?
1: Take him to the (laughs) ER to get his stomach pumped. in there. He just drank Crisco. (laughs) <laughs> oh my
0: god so she, he went in there and um, sat down again proceeded to argue with his father stormed off again
1: with a stomach then, full of cooking oil mm-hmm. i cannot get over that I'm while so
0: walking he happened upon the home of john stevens and michelle oh no Michgon, he just not their husband and wife and I guess they, this couple frequently sat in their garage and would drink and watch TV and, like, say hi to the neighbors oh and my stuff God, with me the too. garage Go door open lanes. all the time. We love that for you. So around 9.15, their neighbor, Jeff, heard the screams of a woman. And five minutes later, he called the police and no informed way. them that a young man was beating woman in the <gasps> garage. And he was bleeding profusely. So when he had went outside, he discovered that Michelle was on the ground in a pool of blood being hit by Austin Austin attacked him and Jeff was able to hit him and throw him to the ground. Jeff ran into Michelle and John's house and then realized that he had been stabbed multiple times during that altercation. That's when he called the police. When police arrived, they discovered Austin, who was covered in blood, holding the body of John, which was the husband, in a bear hug and biting his face off. What the fuck? That case. So
1: I've never heard of this. That motherfucker drank cooking oil and went off the wall. That Chris go to his stomach
0: long up off the wall. I'm blaming the cooking oil. So please. He was tasered four times and it did. What nothing. is he on bath salt? What the times. fuck? And at one point, I think it said he was being tased by four people, but I don't know for sure, but he was tased at least four separate times.
1: Be expeditiously for real with me right now. We're being for real. Mm hmm. Oh, my God. This is crazy.
0: So they released a police dog and then tried to engage to take him down. Austin ripped his arm out of the dog's mouth. <gasps> it took muscle tissue. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everything. it did because they got some teeth. Mm-hmm. Acted like nothing happened to him. It took He's four on full-grown police officers and, and a, a gun. dog to oh, get no, Austin okay. off of him and get him in handcuffs. At that point, oh he God. told them to just fucking kill him. And he ate that deserves dude's to die. face. That's John crazy. had been walking the dog, and Michelle was in the garage. John came back to find Austin attacking his wife with a pocket knife and various tools in the garage. I saw some crime scene photos of the weapons. There's like four I or hate five when different I weapons. I see accidental crime scene photos when I blood. don't want to see them. And then it obviously escalated from there. They originally believed that he was on flocka or bath salts, but toxicology came back that he had no drugs in his system at the time of the Ain't attack. Ain't no fucking way. There was a little bit of alcohol in his system. Ain't no way. His mom later made a call to the police explaining how he was acting and that they were looking for him. So his mom didn't even know this was going on.
1: Can you imagine being his mom? Like, being like, I dropped my son back off at dinner and I don't know where he is. Yeah, so... He but he had, drank cooking oil. Mm-hmm,
0: he had to be sedated at the hospital because in the ambulance he was still exhibiting superhuman strength. He had bit pretty much the whole way through his tongue. And I mean, fuck his you. His organs were beginning to fail because in the garage during that attack he had drank a chemical cuz he thought it was alcohol and they said it could have been bleach he thought the or cooking gasoline. oil
1: was alcohol no.
0: this is so the cooking oil was before the garage attack no
1: i know but i'm just saying i wonder if he thought that was alcohol
0: he may have so sure they did had to obviously have to pump yeah, to he sure. was able to recover Austin was charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Hell
1: yeah, he bit a dude's face off.
0: The defense from the beginning stated that they were seeking an acquittal by reason of insanity. No. The defense and prosecution both hired experts. Like, I want to say they were psychologists. And the defense and the prosecution's experts both deemed that he was not guilty by reason of insanity like he was not sane during all this well, obviously not and but he no was ordered to be admitted into a mental health facility i don't know how for long life. he's supposed to be in there and he's not going to be facing jail time so that's crazy he killed two people the family of the victims are very upset about all that and i'm like, upset
1: about it and so i'm not a family member
0: he was in psychosis oh for sure so he so bit a man's in- face off when you're in psychosis, you're not. Nothing you're doing is based in reality. So that's the only reason I'm okay with the verdict that they gave. He definitely needs mental health. There was a. It was kind of leading up, like he was been. He had been acting strange. Like I said, this podcast that I just stated at the top, they go into all of that, including text messages and all kinds of stuff like leading up to it. So the day before, he had jumped onto his dad's car like an animal, like on top of it and was doing all kinds of weird stuff, and his parents, they're the ones that failed, even though he was an adult, I think at some point, they should have IVC'd him, like, and involuntarily commit that man, because clearly he was having issues because it just escalated very quickly from where he was i guess he was doing drugs and stuff beforehand for a while and like he in high school went through a phase where every single time he drank he blacked out and it was consistently happening but then in college he was in sports had a youtube channel and was doing all these things and passing all his classes and stuff but like up until leading up to his psychosis he was sleeping maybe two hours a night if that and then at some point was just going straight up without sleep and that's when he started talking about seeing demons and thinking there's people after him and stuff like so once someone in your vicinity starts to get paranoid like that the herbal shampoo is gonna them serve
1: somewhere. everything <laughs> okay the herbal shampoo that i made that i'm requesting me and you to use will solve
0: your mm-hmm. psychosis yeah that'll
1: that'll fix it yeah that is the only way period full stop you don't
0: even need a mental health facility. No, no. You just
1: need my herbal shampoo. I'm going to make it home.
0: Okay. Um, so that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, <laughs> come Thanks back, for joining. Come back for more exorcism tips from Colin and Jordan. Thank you. But yeah. He no was in deep way. psychosis. So that's the only reason. He I'm not, definitely like, needs mental health. But the he, death penalty and stuff like he that. He ate because... a man's
1: face off though. I don't think he should ever be released. Because he is. Unsafe. So
0: someone who's in psychosis Can be fixed. That's the thing like you can Get them well, out yeah, of psychosis yeah. Obviously he needs to be watched I would say And on just meds for the rest of his he life He definitely
1: needs to be on like watch For the rest of his life. It
0: definitely speaks To the mental health crisis that we were having In America. Oh hell yeah America Because how did this go Unchecked for so long. Yeah Because I don't know what all he was diagnosed With but that's a lot of mental health issues To be having and it, For it to escalate that as far from as quick as it did and as aggressive as it is college and stuff to demons and cannibalism that's like hard quite the jump so i
1: but i also feel for the family because i can I see do. how they're like where the fuck is my justice because let me tell you if that happened to one of my family members i would probably be in jail for murder yeah and so i totally a- get where it's like that the gray line of like mm-hmm. you know when it like comes what to do you stuff want?
0: like this especially cases where someone does murder someone when they are in a state of psychosis from there you have to the only people that i think can see it logically are the ones on the outside yeah oh for sure just objectively look at it but like anybody who's
1: close to it it's close like to one over. of the
0: victims at that point you're like put them in jail i don't care what was wrong with them yeah and stuff but you have to be able to look at it and be like oh this was going wrong with their brain oh, so there they're was literally definitely nothing fucked rooted. up in reality so they yeah he probably truly thought there was demons and stuff i don't know yeah i can definitely see both sides of the story and i just be in the mental health think he for needs a very long help time. yeah
1: he needs capital h help and like monitorization if that's even a word for the rest of his but life. I think
0: that's where all the, like, bath salts jokes and stuff came from. But I or maybe that was someone else that ate someone's face on bath salts. Oh, no, there's, like, real cases of people who, bed.
1: like, actually ate people's face off with bath salts. Like, okay. that's real cases. Okay. Yeah, bath salts was, like, a real big epidemic in Florida where people were, like, actual walking zombies and would eat other people on bath salts. No, thank you. Yeah, it was kind of crazy out there in the streets for a while there.
0: Well, the strength. Like, the fact and him the fact that he was just in psychosis and he had that level of strength
1: i mean when you're that quote-unquote like delusional like nothing can take you down Mm -hmm. especially if like let's say like he was thinking like he was like god's warrior or
0: something Mm -hmm. like that so he's thinking maybe he's thinking i'm fighting all these demons yeah like
1: i'm fighting all these demons like i have to prevail like he's not gonna be stopped like, it's the mind over matter thing. Like, mm-hmm. when it's, so it's real all the way around So he probably wasn't even feeling all the shit that was
0: happening yeah. to him. Because they even, like, all four of the police officers were, like, kicking him in the head and stuff like that. So he got beat the fuck up and just didn't mm. feel any of it. mm But, yeah. That so is crazy. Do with that information what you will. I'm going to hand it off to Jordan. For Hello what our actual topic was supposed to be.
1: <sighs> well, mine is not any better, but... In 1990, Mr. Quincy and his wife were going through a divorce and she decided to contact authorities claiming that her husband was a cult leader um, and committed multiple murders as a part of satanic rituals and their son, John, and their daughter, Sarah, Um, were taken into custody by Child Protective Service. Obviously, if something was like that was to happen, you would want that to go down. And they were interviewed over several several weeks by numerous law enforcement officials and therapists specializing in, quote-unquote, satanic ritual abuse. I'm sure that's real. They did not really need it. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Throughout the 1980s and the 1990s, conspiracy theories about cults committing child abuse spread throughout the country, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. satanic panic. Uh,
0: So, just in case uh, because i don't know if you'll speak on it at all Mm -hmm. this all fucking stemmed from the movie the exorcism Mm -hmm. or exorcist whichever fucking one it was where it was the first movie that showed like demon possession and stuff due to a ouija board and that's where everybody like lost their shit spread yeah dungeons and dragons was witchcraft and satanic Mm -hmm. and witchcraft was satanic all that stuff it's bullshit it's none of it is rooted in logic and it's now there are monitoring. real like satanic cults, real stuff, shit that yes. happens like that
1: but all however, these things mm-mm. the
0: way yeah no
1: people just took it way too far but there are real instances of this i want to make sure that's like, yes there are clear. real instances that's real shit where this it. happens however
0: the level of panic that still exists today is not real is not because of any yeah it's not rooted in logic
1: yeah and most of the fears were put out by news programs and talk shows that were fucking all the rage Mm -hmm. they were talking about it
0: all the time the one thing i almost did cover was a woman who she wrote a whole book about detailing her abuse by her parents that were satanic rituals and stuff like that and then they basically deemed that everything in her book was not true but continue on. i
1: mean a lot of people do that though still even
0: nowadays you know Mm -hmm. what i mean
1: but a lot of things, then because of the talk shows, they were talked about by social workers, therapists, and law enforcement, which began specializing in cults and ritual abuse. As they should because there are real instances of it and they do need special help when coming out of that because that is very traumatic. Yes. So a shit ton of allegations began about ritual abuse and they were investigated and a lot of them collapsed because of lack of evidence because they were a real satanic panic. But it resulted in many innocent people such as Melvin, who we're covering in my case, being wrongfully convicted and imprisoned. But thankfully, this year he has been exonerated. So after weeks of coercion from therapists, their mother and other adults... Sarah and John, his children, developed quote-unquote memories of abuse from the occult rituals. John became into a thought where like their father was a leader of a satanic cult and he committed murder and sexually abused him and his sister as a part of the rituals. Melvin was arrested in 1990 and charged with indecency with a child, as he should if this was true. John testified at trial that his memories of his father's abuse and Sarah, like so many other satanic panic cases a lot of the outlandish stories of murder and occult rituals and the children quote unquote a majority of them were not involved in the trial but they were malvin was convicted in july of 1991 and sentenced to 20 year in prison so i'm going to go a little bit back because i kind of liked a little bit of a brief overview of this because there's a lot of in-depth information that i was able to find on two of my main sources big true warning for sexual abuse for children on november 28th 1989 a complaint was filed with cps alleging that sarah had been sexually molested by either a parent or another adult sarah at the time denied that any abuse had happened and said that a child had put rocks in her underwear don't know where the fuck that's coming from but okay but during the course of the initial investigation they heard allegations of john um, that he had been sexually abused by his father and a pediatrician examined him in january of 1990 Um, and they had decided to say that his father had molested him. No real evidence. They were just going with it. So he was arrested at the time he was 42 years old when Mr. Quincy was arrested on May 30th, 1990, and he was charged with indecency from a child from 1988 through May of 1989. John testified about the alleged abuse. He said that his father touched his penis on Christmas Eve in 1988, and when he and Sarah slept in their parents' bed after the wedding, he also testified that his father molested him orally. The prosecutor asked John whether his father kissed him on the chest, and he said no. And the co- prosecutor said, "You don't remember that. You don't remember when you were talking about this earlier." Basically so coercing leading. him through his confession. Mm. Yes, so on like, objection, stand, Your Honor, leading the leading the person. witness. Yeah, leading He's the witness. literally on the stand. They're doing this. He also. This, they right? were talked by two by therapists. People from the child protective services, like they were very much so coerced in this, because this is taking place in Texas during Satanic Panic.
0: And anytime stuff like this happened, they were like, "Let's just get our conviction and move mm-hmm. on." So anything they could exactly. do to tamper with witnesses mm-hmm. and evidence, they would.
1: Yep. And Quincy's attorney, Michael Robbins, objected at the time, and he said, "You were leading the witness." And the prosecutor said he was allowed to add some latitude because of his age. Don't put a child on the stand. Yeah. Don't so put a child should, on the stand the if they can't tell their own be story.
0: Interviewed slash questioned by a therapist separately, and then maybe that person could take on the Exactly. Role of the stand Don't put the child them. on the stand. Mm-hmm.
1: If that's gonna be too much to where you need to lead them, do not put them on the stand. But at the time, um Judge Mike Machado overruled the objection and John testified that he did remember this after the fact. Um he also testified that his father threatened to hurt him with a knife and burn him if he told anybody about the abuse. He also testified that his father's friend Um, L.H. used to come over to the house and photograph and film John, Sarah, and their mother touching each other with their clothes on. No charges were filed against L.H. and he did not testify and no evidence was introduced to provide this as a true testimony. Where are
0: these films
1: literally um he also testified that his father would take him to the doctor for bowel problems during the time of the abuse that it was alleged to occur to kind of cover his tracks of anally raping him if that was to happen Esther so is a caseworker
0: doctor's notes or records well, that's that they could why look at. the
1: doctor was testifying but it wasn't really true um Esther is a case with her child Protective services testified her interview with john in 1990 um, he was nervous at some points. He was getting up out of the chair and walking over to the aquarium that was in the room. And I would have to get him back and redirect his attention in an interview. Which is normal. If a kid doesn't want to be there, they're not really going to pay attention. So they asked if there were any indicators of abuse beyond his statements. Like just in general with his behavior. And she answered, I think that the thing that impressed me the most was his general fear. That really lent credibility to what he was telling me about what had happened. So during cross-examination... Um, Mr. Quincy's lawyer um, attempted to question Diaz about the reports of abuse um, regarding his at the time wife Sarah, um, and the prosecutor objected that it was irrelevant to the case at hand. Excuse me, how was it not relevant? I would also like to say they were beginning to have a um, a divorce, and she wanted full custody of the
0: children. Oh, okay, so it's convenient that this as a little bit of hindsight. When she wanted mm-hmm. full just a little of bit of children.
1: background on this. So the pediatrician who had examined John testified that the child described Melvin Quincy molesting him on several occasions. Um, And he said that John had an emotional bluntness that could be taken into consideration when assessing a patient. Um, that would have suffered sexual abuse. Um, They testified that the markers of sexual abuse included aggressive behavior, depressive moves, sleep disturbances, lack of appetite, avoidance of certain areas, and fear. All understandable. Never had any signs before this trial. Would just like to really bring this home.
0: So, Mm -hmm. I'm just annoyed. Yeah. These people may have...
1: (laughs) So, one of the people who worked in the San Antonio Police Department testified that he interviewed John in 1990 at the time, Um, And he had been working in sex crime for less than five months at the time and then would leave the unit the next month, this guy that's on the stand. Um, Semitic and John had initially said that he was very nervous. He would opened about 15 to 20 minutes and opened up a lot. um, And he had described the alleged abuse consistent with his statements to the other people that he had talking to i had to get information from him by trying to befriend him as you will with the kid they're not really going to be talking to you but especially if they're coerced they're gonna wait the interview was not recorded coincidentally Um, omni testified that he made a report which john signed who's a fucking child a child signed his own statement
0: it's crazy to me that it wasn't like legally required for this type of shit to be recorded yeah. And then. So
1: Cheryl Smith, who was one of the caseworkers um, with the Texas Department of Human Services, testified that she became involved with them in March of 1990. At the time, the state of Texas had custody of the four children. Sarah was in a psychiatric facility, their mother, and John was in a youth shelter. Sarah was in a psychiatric facility, the sister, and John was in a youth shelter. She said that the children were removed from the home because of the allegations of sense and because of Deborah's failure to protect the children against the abuse, which if this is happening, Deborah is at fault in a way for like not saying anything or removing her children. Like if you're going to come out at the time of this divorce and say that, what were you doing?
0: Apparently just sitting on the You know what nine. I mean? Like
1: if you're really going to make this big of a scene what were you doing
0: it also it's just like why are we going through this whole process just to traumatize these kids because now they're like oh did my dad do that literally that and is the problem with this and memories are so malleable that you could like yes almost and that's the thing that. they were coerced in these confessions yeah that that's actually what happened <sighs> and they're in the system yep. during this time so that's traumatic in itself but
1: Cheryl Smith testified that John never told her the specifics of the alleged abuse and she also didn't ask not very helpful in a court of law um, she said that he had already answered no to so many questions from other adults she also testified about working with Deborah for a plan of reunification with the children and she testified that Melvin Quincy was not a viable option for you reuniting the children because he hadn't taken responsibility for his actions all right Smith also referenced a psychological test called the Minnesota multifastic personality inventory that was administered to Melvin. The results weren't introduced into evidence, but Smith said that the healthcare workers who reviewed the re- results said that he definitely met the criteria for a pedophile. Interesting how those results weren't put into evidence. Hmm. Just saying. Convenient. I mean, they really could have, but why were they not put into evidence Did so? Did it at any
0: point have him take, like, a um, lie no. detector test or nope. anything? Oh, okay. Not That's one so bit. convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real convenient. Now, none of this proof court, is being added in.
1: He didn't testify at his own trial, as he fucking should, because at this point, he just would have been digging his whole fucking deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Do not. The only defense witness that they had was Truman Parrish, the principal of the school where John and Sarah had attended. And he said that Melvin Quincy was an engaged parent and that he never saw any indication that John was afraid of his father. So during the closing arguments, they offered no explanation for John's testimony against his father. Um, And he said, I'm not sure why John says what he says. I don't have any distaste for John. I feel really sorry for him. Obviously, he's been through some sort of bad experience. And I would just contest that that experience was done at the hands of Melvin Quincy. Okay, what a closing fucking statement. Like that literally
0: happened or something. Yeah, like
1: that's exactly what that says. So Robin said that Melvin Quincy's actions taking his son to the doctor and volunteering to speak with the police officer were not the actions of a guilty man. I get it. But at the same time, potentially so. If we weren't looking at a bunch of other things in this case. So the prosecutor urged jurors to put an end to John's nightmares. She walked jurors through the testimony of the investigators who interviewed John and the healthcare workers who treated him. She reminded the jurors of John's testimony and that his father and friend filmed John with his sister and others. So the jury convicted Quincy on a decency charge on July 17th, 1991, as they should, okay? If this was all true, as they fucking should, because that's disgusting. During the sentencing, several character witnesses testified on behalf of him And the prosecutors questioned these witnesses about whether they participated with these satanic cult practices. None of these fucking things were together. Because it was apparently ritualistic, the abuse that was caused and filmed. Okay, remember that. Where are these films? Thank you. Where are these films? (laughs) So, on September 15th, 1951, he was a officially officially sentenced to 20 years in prison he unsuccessfully appealed his conviction and was released from prison on July 13th 1999 and he was forced to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life which if this was true absolutely 100 percent, the right steps were taken protecting those children it was not But for many years, he had no contact with his children. And John and Sarah continued to believe into early adulthood that the memories that they had resulted in their childhood was the truth. And he was so nervous to get back into contact with his children. But in 2014, John, who now went by the name of John Parker re contact with his father, which obviously hadn't seen him since the trial, and in 2021, he formally recanted his trial testimony. He would say in an affidavit from 2022, I now know without any doubt that my dad never did any of the things that he was accused of. I am certainly sorry for any involvement in his imprisonment. I never set out to lie about my dad. So how I really found well, yeah, out- You were a
0: child being coerced yeah. by a bunch of adults. Absolutely. The
1: real reason I found out about this case was the Innocence Project, because I love their work. They've oh, really, they do
0: really amazing do amazing work.
1: work um so the Innocence project of texas had begun representing him in 2020 um and they bought his case to the ciu the conviction integrity <laughs> integrity unit um, of bexer county district attorney's office and they conduct their own investigation they go and do everything themselves so on february 25th 2022 Quincy filed a petition um, of habeas corpus and the petition included his affidavit recanting his testimony and a report by Dr. Alexandra Doyle a psychologist who evaluated Parker to assess the truthfulness of his retraction which is obviously necessary they all said that he had tunnel vision mistaking his hesitancy uncertainty and denials of proof for a crime rather than the responses of a young boy to a traumatic chaotic childhood he's in a torn home fucking being told things left and right his reactions would be normal for that similarly she said that the state's experts unanimously tried john's physical ailments to sexual abuse rather than the stress that he was feeling from the family life
0: and going through all these trials and stuff like that too literally literally like they Being were just questioned so by strangers all the time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in the system for a little bit.
1: So, John testified at this trial that the first person he told the abuse about was an FBI agent. And Doyle said that was a red flag and indicated that there was no initial outcry by John. So, he never mentioned it to anybody if the first person is an FBI agent. You never talk to a school official, anybody local, a doctor, nothing. This suggests that John's mother misrepresented information because she believed it and perhaps to position herself in the custody dispute for the children, which is what she wanted. So on June 17, 2022, Judge Andrew Carthers held an evidentiary hearing. Parker, who is now 41 years old, testified about how he had come to falsely accuse his father. And he said that, adults misled him into believing that he was telling the truth he said that he had expected a lot of other child victims to testify against his father but when he got to the courthouse it was just him so he's being told like all these other people are going through this and it's just him and his sister there so Mm. once again definitely coerced into his confession so as part of the closing statement Matthew Howard the director of the CIU urged the court to grant the petition he said that John Parker had been deceived by his mother in law enforcement into making these false claims as he fucking was um he's quoted to say we believe that the testimony he's offered here today has been truthful and credible and is only backed up by the number of other witnesses that came behind him and explained exactly how he got here and exactly how those ideas ended up planted in his mind and what broke him to testify the way that he did all those years ago so following this judge caranthas adopted the findings on september 27th a long time ago basically um And he appealed his conviction and is quoted saying that today's court decision marks the end to more than 30 years long as injustice. Um, We are proud to be a part of proving his innocence and wish the best to Melvin and his family as they continue to heal. I did skip a lot of the trial um, because there's a lot more information about how a lot of things were falsely proven. You can tell Satanic Panic, though, 100%. And mm. a lot of people use it to their advantage, unfortunately.
0: Especially during that time.
1: Yeah. So one of my two main sources were the Innocence Project and Michigan Law School. They actually did a really good coverage on this case. Um, like, I read a lot of shit about it, and I'm, like, really pissed. But unfortunately, like, just kind of like another West Memphis 3 case where they felt like that's what they needed to do, so they did it. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. And somebody That's served bullshit. so many years in jail, and not really doing these things. A sex offender. For yep. Like his whole life ruined because somebody just didn't want to
0: have to divorce him I was gonna say she or should. wanted the custody. You know, like she should face charges now. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if she's still alive. And like I
1: said, if these were true accusations, absolutely. absolutely everything that happened to him. But when it is someone, it's solely out of accusations. Like, what the fuck. Because, unfortunately, a lot of cases that are involved in satanic panic are just accusations, and they're taken too far, and no one actually wants to do any investigative work because Satan is in the air, you know? Or, like, again,
0: we just believe that because someone listens to rock music and is just the way that yep, they are. That they're doing wrong. Or they have tattoos they are satanic,
1: yep. or... Yep, yep, yep. And that's why I'm so glad, thankfully, neither of us... As much as the West Memphis 3 case needs coverage because it's absolutely ridiculous what those poor boys went through and especially the victims of the actual case of West Memphis 3, it breaks my heart because their whole childhood was taken away and they were only released as adults, like old adults, you know what I mean, like like in their 40s and they were like 13, I think, when they went to jail, Mm -hmm. like – Their whole life was gone because of whatever the prosecutors wanted it to be. They didn't they they didn't get anything. They missed out on their whole life over what? Because they listened to rock music. Like that's really what it was for their case and it just breaks my heart for them. But I'm very happy to hear that Mr. Quincy was like freed of his charges is actually having a relationship with his children. They're all getting help to recover from what happened to them because that's like Basically cruel and unusual punishment to everyone Are they building a
0: involved. relationship again?
1: Kind of seems like it from the articles I read. Could they still be to this day? I don't know, but I do know that John was like, yo, I know my shit was false. Sarah I couldn't find too much information about.
0: Maybe she's still like in Maybe. hiding or unsure Maybe just kinda, like, staying under But the I know radar. for sure
1: John was like hey But he did reach out to his children eventually And was like hey I do want to have a relationship with you okay. well, Which hopefully. had to take a lot of like Balls to do so mm-hmm. especially with what Was accused against him So I'm just glad that he was Able to get his name cleared out at the end of the day
0: Yes I hope that they're able to Rebuild a relationship and... Definitely
1: because they definitely deserve it mm-hmm. Especially when like your thought of your father Has been so miskewed for so long and he wasn't really like a bad person, mm. you know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he really was, but from what it seems, like he was not.
0: I mean, they haven't come forward about any other nope weird shit. So not at all. But yeah, so. yeah. So
1: a little bit of depressing, depressing sprinkle, sprinkle yeah, for there, you guys. There was
0: some not satanic panic, and then some satanic panic I and am again depression. Not going over the Patreon tiers because you know what's there. We're Please love us and support us. Thank right you. After that, I don't know. Why? Then episode that's coming out right before this is a, was a week or so late. I lost an entire week of time just by getting confused by what fucking day it is because so of my work schedule.
1: Either of us lost complete track of time because I was like, "What do you mean you released an
0: episode?" And like, what do you mean? You're a week late. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Whoa,
1: we're ahead," and he was like, "No, we're behind," and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah,
0: so it's fine though. We'll figure I mean, it out. I mean,
1: Germany, Danielle, and Abby, listen, and maybe Australia. We're trying our best, dogs. Okay, yeah. we're doing what we can.
0: Basically, when you come here, you're getting
1: exactly some, what you knew you were signing some up background for.
0: Background noise occasionally. Some amateur people not really knowing what they're doing, but we're just doing it. I
1: mean, we're a vibe. Some laughs.
0: And i mean some talk to love us we're living we're living truth and that's on murder period <laughs>